Welcome to the Sunday night service. We're glad you're joining us again tonight. Open your Bible, please, to Psalm 121. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8, the entire psalm. We're in search of some encouragement for our souls. I think we'll find it here in God's Word. The Word of the Lord says this, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. This is the word of the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to help us understand tonight. Lord, we do come to you as needy people. It's been a very difficult week for many people in many ways. Our nation is in such an uproar. We're living through a pandemic and now social unrest, and we're we're needing some comfort and we're needing some encouragement. And so we've come before you tonight looking into this psalm. And we need you to comfort our heart tonight. We need you to help us. But we cannot get this without you being our teacher. So be our teacher tonight. Help us. Speak to us through your word. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's been quite a week, hasn't it? As if a pandemic wasn't enough to unsettle the average American, this week we've watched tragedy unfold in the nation. The streets of America have been filled with justly outraged citizens and unjustly outrageous violence and destruction. Public officials have sometimes acted humbly and wisely, and sometimes they've acted cynically and self-servingly. Chaos has gone on night after night, and many of us feel that the very fabric of the nation seems to be ripping apart. It's enough to make one weep, a sadness of epic proportions. So, brother and sister Christian, where can we find hope? Where can we find assurance in times like these? Does God have any word for his faithful people during our pilgrimage through this valley of tears? Well, he does. And the psalm that we have before us tonight is a pilgrim song, an antiphonal hymn sung by the Old Testament saints as they made their pilgrimage from their homes up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. The roads they traveled were hardly what we'd identify as a road at all, just worn footpaths that sometimes were dry and forbidding. These roads were filled with dangers. There were robbers waiting and hiding, hoping to fall upon the unwary pilgrim. The heat of the sun in that Middle Eastern land could overcome the traveler. The cold nights that fell so quickly when the Sun went down, invited sickness to those without proper clothing. The roads themselves were difficult to walk on, and there was always the threat of falling down and sustaining a serious injury. So God's pilgrim people accepted all of this and felt that it was a good reason for singing. They sang this psalm and the other psalms of ascent as they journeyed up that road to the house of their God. A singer would start the song by singing the first two verses, and everybody else in the company would join in by singing the next two. The original singer would continue the song with verses 5 and 6, 
and the pilgrims would finish their hymn by singing verses 7 and 8 in response. And what a psalm to sing. This is a psalm of assurance, of comfort, of encouragement. It's a psalm custom-made for people trudging through a weary and dangerous path toward their destination. What do we learn from this psalm? Well, in this psalm, we're going to be encouraged by the thought, who can mind the journey when the road leads home? What's our hope on our journey home to heaven? Well, the psalmist will give us four comforting thoughts to keep in mind as we travel. In verses 1 and 2, he tells us that our help comes from the Lord. In verses 3 and 4, we find that we're watched over by God. Verses 5 and 6 tell us that God himself is our shield. And in verses 7 and 8, we find that we're kept by the timeless God. The psalmist begins his song by saying, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? It's a beautiful poetic beginning to the psalm. But what exactly did the author have in mind? What hills was he looking at? Why would he look at the hills and and why would that prompt him to wonder where his help came from? Well, it'll help us to remember that in the culture that the psalmist lived in, pagan people built shrines to false gods on the hilltops surrounding their villages. This was so pervasive that even God's people, the Jews, fell into the practice of going up to those shrines to worship pagan gods. The pilgrim journeying up to the temple in Jerusalem might look up into the hills and see even apostate Jews on the hilltops seeking for a better crop, a fertile wife, a sick child, a fatter bank account. Their help, which was really no help at all, came from the hilltops, they supposed. And when the pilgrim people of God witnessed such scenes, they reminded themselves that their help did not come from places like that. The apostate Jew worshipped other gods at the shrines in the hills, but the faithful people of God looked above the hills to the great God who created all things. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, they sang to themselves. They were reminding their hearts that they had a higher source of help than any other people. The God who created everything was the source of their help. The doctrinal point of these first two verses is that the beginning and end of all of our hopes rest in the God who created everything. You know, there's a great old hymn that begins... My hope is in the Lord, who gave himself for me and paid the price of all my sin at Calvary. The chorus continues the encouragement. It says, For me he died, for me he lives, and everlasting life and light he freely gives. I am always encouraged by that hymn. Somehow singing reinforces the message, and my heart is lifted up above the hills, on which others worship their false gods. My God made those hills, and he's greater than those hills, and he's greater than those false gods. It's good for us to remind ourselves that this hasn't changed for the people of God in our day. Many people around us today, some who even call themselves Christians, have transferred their hopes to false gods. Many worship the false god of national pride, Their hope is in earthly powers and cultures. 
But dear ones, there's no hope in that direction. Others worship their wealth and their employment or perhaps their business. But these false gods will only leave their followers impoverished in the end. Still others worship their education, their cultural polish, or their imagined erudition. That's pretty petty stuff when you think about it. Another group puts all of their worth in friends and family. Now let's be clear. Friends and family are wonderful gifts from God, but they always turn out to be very miserable saviors to any who put their faith in them. No, no. There's only one adequate hope for believers. Our hope comes from the maker of all those things. He alone is sufficient to see the weary pilgrim safely home. Verses 3 and 4 take us a little farther. They tell us that we are watched over by God. Verse 3 says, He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. As the pilgrims of the psalmist day journeyed up to the temple in Jerusalem, they were always in danger from the roads they traveled on. The roads themselves were dusty and dirty and loose stones to tread upon and sharp descents to creep down and unbridged streams and rivers to wade through. A moment's inattention could result in a broken leg and possibly even a lifetime of untreatable misery. They dare not doze off as they travel, so the psalmist reminded them that their constant traveling companion, the Lord, never nodded off. He never lost attention on the journey. He never let go of their hand. How unlike human help is all of this. I mean, think about it. We get drowsy on the road, don't we? Distraction is always a threat as well. Boredom sets in all too easily on long trips. A moment's inattention on a slippery road can cause a disaster. How can we stay constantly vigilant and avoid these dangers on our journey? Well, the psalmist gives us the answer. He tells us that our God is always watching over us as we journey home toward heaven. My dad has a car that watches out for him. <laughs> he has a backup camera that shows him what's behind. He has a lane-sensing mechanism that warns him if the car is drifting toward the center line or toward the road's edge. If he gets too close to a vehicle in front of him, his car will automatically put on the brakes. His steering wheel shakes if the car thinks that he's not paying attention or if it senses that he's going to sleep. And <laughs> When I ask my dad... Why do you need all of these things? He just shrugs and says, look, I'm 90 years old. If I have a car accident, that's the end of my driver's license. <laughs> See, my dad's car is always on duty. It's always watching over him to make sure that he arrives safely at his destination. Who among us is as watchful as we ought to be on our journey home to heaven? How easily we begin to slide toward the edge of the pathway giving way morally to little compromises that can easily result in huge moral failures if they're not corrected in time. Or perhaps our problem is a growing inattention to the things of God that once captivated our minds and affections. We used to spend hours with the Lord, but lately, well, not so much. Another danger is distraction. The things of earth are no longer strangely dim to our eyes, but 
increasingly draw our focus away from the one who saved us. You know, whatever the danger, we need a watchman. We need someone who's ever vigilant and can shake us back to attention when things get out of line that really matter. Isn't it good to know that the one who watches over us never slumbers, he never sleeps, he's not going to let his feet, our feet slip, he's going to gently correct us when he sees that we're drifting toward the edge of the pathway, he watches over us on our journey home. Verses 5 and 6 tell us that God is our shield. Verse 5 says, The Lord is your keeper, and the Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. As the pilgrims going up to Jerusalem traveled their road, they faced dangers from nature itself. The sun was a particularly hazardous in those climbs. Because we live in Florida, we may have some natural sympathy about that hazard. Have you ever been bear caught? Well, if you're not initiated to what that saying means yet, uh, my Florida friends tells me, tell me that it means to be bear caught is to be overcome by heat exhaustion. Well, you have to admit, bear caught sounds a lot more interesting than overcome by heat exhaustion, doesn't it? Well, not only were the Old Testament pilgrims threatened by being bear caught during the day, but the moon at night was thought to be a hazard. Though we no longer believe this is true, people attributed madness or lunacy to too much moonlight in those times. Now this stanza of the hymn assures the ancient traveler that they have nothing to fear because God himself is a shield from these malignant forces of nature. And the image is absolutely precious, isn't it? The Lord is your shade on your right hand, said verse 5. He's reminding them and he's reminding us that God is never far away from his people. He's right by our side every step of the journey. No force of nature can penetrate his protection. No disease, no hurricane, no storm, no drought can overwhelm our shield and defender, the Lord of heaven and earth. No heat can overcome him. No heat of emotion. No heat of culture. No lunacy of rage or anger or racism can overflow his sanity. No Stygian darkness of spiritual forces can quench his light. No secret influences of evil can sway the one who walks beside us on our journey home. The point here is simply this. God is the protector of his people. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by life circumstances? Perhaps a better question to ask would be who among us hasn't felt overcome by forces that are out of our control. I remember one of our members describing to me being caught in a tornado. The immense power of the wind, the flying debris, even the car she was sitting in was picked up and thrown over by the power of the wind. How helpless would any of us feel at a moment like that? It's one thing to face powers that you have the strength to resist, but when nature itself seems on the rampage, what can be done? You know, the only way to resist great power that's out of control is to have a greater power at your side serving as your shield. And that's what God has promised to be for those of us who love him. Who among us is sufficient to face the powers opposing us in our own strength? Nature sometimes goes nuts on planet Earth. 
I mean, isn't this present pandemic a vivid instance of that principle? Our world is growing warmer every year with dire consequences projected if the trend continues. But what can you and I really do about that? Our society seems on the edge of collapse morally. Can you by yourself change that trend? The plain fact we live with every day is that there are forces outside of our control that are at work all around us. And the only hope we have of resisting their power is to have a greater power walking beside us, shielding us from their menace. Well, as Christians, we have that shield. Romans 8, 38 and 39 details our hope. These verses say, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Warren Wiersbe summarizes our hope when he says, the things that God permits to happen to us in his will for us may hurt us, but they can never really harm us. We need not fear life or death today or tomorrow. We don't have to be afraid of time or eternity, for we are in the loving care of our Father. Verses 7 and 8 tell us that we're kept by the timeless God. Verse 7 says, The Lord will keep you from all evil. He'll keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I want you to notice the word keep that's used three times in these two verses. Now, in fact, when we look back over the entire psalm, we find that that same word is used six times in the psalm. It's used in verse 3 and verse 4 and verse 5 and twice in verse 7 and once in verse 8. Six times. So that's a point that God is trying to get to us. He's trying to emphasize that. So we need to ask a question. What does that word keep mean? What does the Hebrew intend by that? Well, to keep means to guard and protect in Hebrew. And this idea has been written into the psalm six times over by the Holy Spirit, which means that he is intent on our seeing that the main point of these final two verses, and indeed the main point of the whole psalm, is that God's people are protected by God himself and that we're under his watchful eye. But I can almost hear some of you saying, well, that's all well and good, but it sure doesn't look like he's coming through in these days. If we're kept by God, if he's watching over us, why are we all locked away in our houses? Why has racism raised its ugly head in our so-called Christian nation? Why are looters burning down their own communities? Where's all this watchfulness that you're telling me about, Pastor? I sure don't feel very guarded and protected these days. Well, what about that? Let me let somebody smarter than me answer the question. This is what Eugene Peterson says. The Christian life is not a quiet escape to a garden where we can walk and talk uninterruptedly with our Lord, nor a fantasy trip to a heavenly city where we can compare blue ribbons and gold medals with others who've made it to the winner's circle. The Christian life is going to God. 
In going to God, Christians travel the same ground that everybody else walks on. We breathe the same air. We drink the same water. We shop in the same stores. We read the same newspapers. Our citizens are under the same government, pay the same prices for groceries and gasoline, fear the same dangers. We're subject to the same pressures. We get the same distresses. And ultimately, we're buried in the same ground as even unbelievers. But there's a difference. And the difference is that each step that we walk, each breath that we breathe, we know that we are preserved by God. We know that we're accompanied by God. We know we're ruled by God. And therefore, no matter what doubts we endure or what accidents we experience, the Lord will preserve us from evil and he will keep our life. Jim Boyd. Jim Boyce helps us out. He says, The mature Christian is neither blind to trouble nor in fear of it, for he's following after Jesus Christ, who said, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The point is that God is our keeper, both now and forever. Now allow me to make a brief application to that truth by asking the question, Who among us is sufficient to face the world that we live in without the ever-watchful protection and guardianship of God? Are you sufficient? Can you navigate the choppy waters of our world without help from above? Do you need a shield walking by your side as you walk daily through the increasing chaos in our world? If you're like me, your answer to the question, who needs a guardian and protector is me. I do. And if you put your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, you have that defender. He's walking right beside you in the chaos, right through it, with us, all the way through the chaos that we're living through. As this psalm assures us, because he's with us, we have nothing ultimately to be afraid of. Our journey may be through troubled times, but when you think about it, who can really mind the journey when the road leads home. Lord, we thank you that you are our protector, that you are our shield, that you are constantly by our side, and that though the times that we live in may be troubled, we have nothing ultimately to fear because you love us and you've called us to yourself. Help us to rest in this security as we await your coming. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. Next weekend uh, on uh, June the 14th, we'll be live on site at Bible Fellowship, but we'll also have a podcast uh, rebroadcasting the service uh, that'll appear on Tuesday the, uh, after that Sunday. And so if you can't make it out to us, if it's not the right time for you to come out, that'll be available to you too. Thanks for joining us again tonight. God bless you. Stay safe.